Manna or Meatloaf, episode 81, Family. Hello, hello, I'm back. And no excuses this time. I'm hanging my hat on the principle that it's never over until you quit. And I keep hearing that voice that says, keep running, the race isn't over. So here I am. And I guess I have more to say. (laughs) I had an uncle pass away a couple of weeks ago. His family is from Boise, but there was a lot of extended family from all over Utah and Idaho. As a result, the day of his graveside service was filled with family. Extended family that I hadn't seen or been able to visit with for many, many years. After the service, we all gathered again in my mom and dad's living room. We talked and laughed, reconnected, and just visited. It was absolutely wonderful. With my handsome brothers that I couldn't adore more, sitting on both sides of me, one with his arm lovingly around me and the other holding my hand, I looked around at the faces surrounding me and took in the cacophony of laughter coming from the kitchen, and I was completely overwhelmed with the strongest feelings of connection, love, strength that was in this room, and, well, joy. I thought of my grandma bird, whose son it was that had passed, my dad's brother, and how she must be smiling from the heavens, not only because her valiant son had returned to his heavenly home, but part of her family still on earth was joined together. Their company surrounded in unity and love, despite their differences. I imagine it's not unlike when our young kids are finally playing together nicely in the backyard, or when our grown children as adults love being in the company of one another. I just felt the strength and the inclusion that comes from being part of a divine order, the order of family. Now, that may make you laugh when I say the order of family, because if you have a young family, like ours was, it may be the furthest thing from order, right? It seems like there were always messes and hectic days when our kids were young. Now, our children are grown and we have grandchildren. Order is still not the word I would use to describe our gatherings. There's a lot of noise and kids running in every direction, meal prep always going on in the kitchen, and dogs. (laughs) So many, many dogs. And I've never loved disorderly chaos more. Okay, so if I were to ask you who painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, would you know that it was Michelangelo? Yep. He is that world-renowned artist. So what about the painting of Christ in the red robe, the one that hangs in so many of our homes? Would you think of Del Parsons by that stunning painting he created? If I said the name George Lucas, wouldn't most of you remember that he was the creator of the Star Wars legacy? The point I'm making is that those works of art reveal something about their creators, don't they? Well, the same could be said of our loving Father in Heaven, whose wonderful plan of happiness has at its very core the family. The order and divinity of the family, its very purpose tells us a lot about the nature of God. That we are married as man and wife and commanded to love and care for one another reminds me of the love and devotion that our Father has for us. 
that we are commanded to become one as a married couple shows glimpses of John chapter 17, verse 21, that they all may be one as though father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. They want us to be unified with them in thought and deed. And of course, the role of parenthood in family is the perfect illustration of God's tenderness, love, and endless patience toward us as His children. I see God's sense of humor in my brothers and my son Mitch. I see God's ability to nurture in my daughters and the daughters we were blessed with through marriage. I see God's skill and imagination in my desire to create something and in my grandchildren's imaginations. I see God's strength in my husband and our son's desires to watch over, care for, and protect and provide for their families. Yes, God's signature is painted all over the family. And not only does that tell us a lot about His nature, but it also tells us how important it was to Him. Family was created from the very beginning, wasn't it? In Genesis 1, 27 and 28, we read, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. I know I've mentioned this before, but I feel really strongly about it. In addition to providing physical bodies for our father's spirit children, I believe that an integral part of the purpose and creation of family is beautifully summed up in the melody of a children's hymn, The Family is of God. God gave us families to help us become who He wants us to be. That is how He shares His love for the family is of God. God gave us the organizations of families as the ultimate learning opportunity to teach us, direct us, give us loads and loads and loads of practice in love and patience, and to help us grow. It is my belief that each family member is placed in their own specific families to teach others the lessons that only they could teach in a way necessary for them to learn. Now, that may be doctrine according to Kristen, but I also believe that God knows each of us individually, and only He can see the beginning from the end, so there's no one with a more perfect view of what each of us needs to become the people we were destined to become, and also who might be able to facilitate those life lessons, even unknowingly, through normal family interactions. Okay, tell the truth. How many of you cringed when I used the word normal family interactions? Is there a normal? Because the only normal each of us knows is the sum of our experiences, the way we were raised, the experiences that built us. I think you'd all agree there is without a doubt no normal to family dynamics, relationships, or histories. Families come in every shape and size, and as our families continue to grow, the normal expands as well, taking in all the new normals and all the differences to create this beautiful masterpiece, one that is tied through blood and marriage and adoption, and one that is in its own right absolutely beautiful, and one that has God's handiwork all over it. While the foundation and purpose for families is without a doubt divine, we are spiritual beings having earthly experiences to learn to conquer our carnal and natural natures, right? As a result, those growth experiences in families aren't always pleasant. 
Marjorie P. Hinckley, the prophet's wife, was known for saying, quote, home is where you are loved the most and act the worst, end quote. Unfortunately, I believe she's right much of the time. Some of our less than desirable character traits make their appearances in our families, even more so than anywhere else. Why is it that those we love the most sometimes get less than our best selves, while those that shouldn't matter at all get the shiny, best-foot-forward versions of us? Martin Luther King wrote a letter from Birmingham Jail called A Network of Mutuality. It's so powerful. It's a call to the world on racism, but I believe also that it can be perfectly translated as a call to the family, both individually and collectively. He said, quote, We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied to a single garment of destiny. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. There are some things in our social system to which all of us ought to be maladjusted. Hatred and bitterness can never cure the disease of fear. Only love can do that. We must evolve for all human conflict a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. Before it is too late, we must narrow the gaping chasm between our proclamations of peace and our lowly deeds which precipitate and perpetuate war. One day we must come to see that peace is not merely a distant goal that we seek, but a means by which we arrive at that goal. We must pursue peaceful ends through peaceful means. We shall hew out of a mountain of despair a stone of hope. End quote. Isn't that just gorgeous? Now, if you'll grant me the liberty, I'd like to see what it sounds like in applying this to families. Let's take a peek. We are placed in an inescapable network of family tied to a single garment of destiny. Injustice anywhere in a family is a threat to justice everywhere in a family. There are some things in our families to which all of us ought to be maladjusted. Hatred and bitterness can never cure the disease of fear. Only love can do that. We must evolve for all family conflict a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. Before it is too late, we must narrow the gaping chasm between our proclamations of peace and our lowly deeds, which precipitate and perpetuate war within a family. One day we must come to see that peace is not merely a distant goal that we seek, but a means by which we arrive at that goal. We must pursue peaceful ends through peaceful means. We shall hew out of a mountain of despair a stone of hope. Oh, I love that. And although I hated to manipulate those beautiful words by Dr. King, I just loved how they translated. So I saw a post on Instagram a while back. I don't remember who even posted it. I looked it up and it said it was anonymous, but it was on my phone screensaver for a few months. It simply said, mountains do not rise without earthquakes. The place where love can be learned and practiced can also be the place where heartbreak is the greatest. Families are that fertile ground, so we have to be oh so careful about what we plant there. Going back to my family's gathering, I was sitting there on my parents' couch after my uncle's service, and I saw the common threads that wove unity between my dad and his nephew that he hasn't seen for ages. They were bound by a brother and a father. They were family 
I saw my beautiful little sister walk through the front door. She had just come from work during her lunch break, and me and my brothers jumped up from the couch to wrap her in our arms. We are all bound by the sharing of a household and our childhoods, and it made me miss my other sister living in the wilds of Alaska. Although we live in very different places now, I know our hearts come from the same place. We are family. I saw the ties that take all kinds of people from all kinds of places and walks of life gather and become one as we commemorated and celebrated the life of one of our own, and I felt the strength of that unity. Ask any parent anywhere, and I'd be willing to bet my left leg that we all agree in wanting the very best for our families, right? I'm sure that's what God wants for all of us as well. And that may be why he gave us each other to rely on, to unify and draw strength from during this life journey. In Meridian Magazine's Come Follow Me podcast last week, they had a guest speaker, Carrie Muelstein, who is a BYU professor and author. He joined Scott and Maureen Proctor to talk about the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. One of the most remarkable things that I learned from that podcast episode was the idea of this vertical and horizontal covenant relationship we have with God and with each other. The Lord seems to give us stewardships, which are opportunities to share the load, to help teach and serve others, and therefore become transformed as well. So when you look at this vertical and horizontal covenant, it demonstrates the vertical covenant we've made to have no other gods before us, to remember Him always. This line should be directly from God to us and us to God. The horizontal covenant resembles the promise we make to mourn with those that mourn and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. These are literally the two great commandments to love God and love our neighbor. And when we think about families in all of its forms, these are without a doubt our closest neighbors on this horizontal line, right? And when we think of this horizontal relationship spreading in each direction, we can clearly see that God is still right in the middle of it as our relationship with Him connects us all. I loved seeing this visual in my mind because it became very clear to me that in order to give my family my very best, to treat them with the most love, the most care and concern, grant the most kindness, understanding, and forgiveness— I would need my Savior to help me. If I was placed in my family for a reason, I'm going to need His help to figure out how I can best serve and facilitate His purposes in that role. Over Easter weekend, we had everyone home. My heart was so full, so incredibly happy. And speaking of normal, we had a few squabbles where one of the grandchildren would be mean or say something unkind to another, and then they would come running to tell Nana all about it. I told our little Ruby that cousins were family, and we get to be with our families forever, so we better learn how to get along, forgive, and love each other. My heart swelled the next time there was a conflict, and I heard Walker, who may or may not have been the recipient of that little lecture, tell his cousins that they had to learn to get along because they were family. Oh my goodness, if you don't think I felt like butter in the microwave, I stopped the mashed potato production and hugged that little man so tightly. I validated his interpretation of what he'd been told, and I hope they remember that lesson forever. Dave Willis said, quote, Family isn't defined only by last names or by blood. It's defined by commitment and by love. It means showing up when they need it most. 
It means having each other's backs. It means choosing to love each other, even on those days when you struggle to like each other. It means never giving up on each other, end quote. I hope you can reflect on the strength, unity, connection, sense of belonging, and love you have or want to have with your family. It's not always easy. But last time I checked, Heavenly Father's never asked me to do anything that's really easy. Every single effort to understand, forgive, and support a family member is worth every effort. At my Uncle Roger's graveside service, his son, my cousin, invited anyone forward that wanted to share memories or testimonies. And person after person made reference to families, how much my uncle loved his, and how much our Heavenly Father does as well. My sweet aunt, who lost her husband a few years ago, said tearfully something like, Just love your families, tell them that you do, and then show them. And that's exactly where I want to wrap it up for this week. Go out and love those families. 